0: Well guys, as you can tell, uh, tonight we're wrapping up our At The Movies series with the movie Gravity. And I'm really excited about talking about this movie because uh, it was one of the biggest movies uh, last year with seven different awards being won at the Academy Awards. Uh, It's an intense movie right out of the gate if you haven't seen it. In the first 18 minutes, it's going to get your heart racing. I mean, every time I watch it, every single time, it's like one of those movies that just puts you on the edge of your seat. It's one of those movies that you go because you want to see the special effects and because Sandra Bullock is in it, so you have to go, and George Clooney if you're a lady above the age of 30. Uh, But it's one of those movies that you go to see the big-name celebrities and the amazing special effects, and you walk away feeling like there was a story that actually had some power, that actually had some weight. Now, in every movie, there are these iconic um, images or these iconic scenes And one of the um, images that stood out for me in this movie, every time I watch it, is one of the most popular scenes. You've seen a little bit of it in the trailer. I want to throw up a picture on the screen. And it's this image. Now what does that look like? What does that picture look like? Just holler it out. Fetus, a baby. It looks like a little baby fetus. And the reason for that is the director intentionally did that because this movie is all about rebirth. Um, and As a matter of fact, in an interview with the director, Alfonso Cuaron, he said this, and I want to uh, read this because it's a direct quote. He said, That was the point for us of the film. Adversities and the possibility of rebirth. This movie illustrates one of the central truths of our faith. And at the same time, it taps into one of the deepest felt needs of every human being that has walked the face of the earth. New birth. New birth. So tonight I want to dig into a scripture that speaks to this idea of new birth. Uh, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. And we're going to be going through verses 3 through 9. And if you don't, that's okay, it'll be on the screen. Starting in verse 3, it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Kept in heaven for you. Now I want to pause here. Because the resurrection is on one hand a historical event. You know the first Easter with Jesus and the resurrection. But it's also something that occurs every single day in our life. The moment we accept Christ. It's that thing that allows new birth to happen in our lives. In unexpected ways and capacities. I want to show you uh, a scene where we begin to realize that this movie is more than just good actors and good special effects. Uh, Sandra Bullock's character in this movie, her name is Ryan Stone, and George Clooney's character's name is Matt. And in this scene, um, Sandra Bullock's character has just been rescued by Matt, and they have tethered themselves together and are using a thruster pack to make their way over to the International Space Station with hopes of using one of its modules to return to earth. And in this scene, this is what they talked about. This is what they talk about when they get away from the gravity. You know, so often we cling to gravity. Makes us feel secure. Makes us feel confident. But sometimes it takes getting away from the security. Sometimes it takes things in our life breaking us apart from those things in order for us to come to a place of resolve in our life and for new birth to occur check out the scene What do you miss down there Is there a Mr. Stone? No Nobody special She was four. She was at school playing tag, slipped, hit her head, and that was it. Stupidest thing. I was driving when I got the call, so... Ever since then, that's what I do. I wake up. I go to work, and I just try. So in this scene, we learn that Ryan is someone who is dealing with the grief of losing her four-year-old daughter. and In an attempt to cope with the grief, she's thrown herself into her job. And into a a life of isolation. In the last line of that scene, she says, When I got the call, I was driving. And ever since, that's what I do. I I wake up, I go to work, and then I just drive. And then I just drive. And, And while I don't think any of us have ever gone to space, if you have, you can give yourself a high five or something. I think a lot of us in the room can relate to that feeling of spinning out of control in space. That feeling, something hits us, something unexpected that happens in our life. A tragedy that we weren't ready for. Maybe it's a loss of a job or a loved one passing away. Maybe it's the end of a relationship that you weren't ready to be uh, separated from. Uh, Just recently, um, last week, I actually got a phone call from one of my friends and she has a little brother who's 13 years old he's an amazing baseball player. And he just got asked to be a part of the all-star team in Whitley County. And uh, his leg had been bothering him for a few months and he had went in and they said it was just hairline fractures but it continued to persist and to bother him. And so this last week he went into the doctors and upon further testing the doctor said, I'm sorry but you have stage three bone cancer. Something completely unexpected. Something tragic. There was a loss experienced. And not only do we experience this sense of loss through these big, tragic events in our life, but often we experience this feeling of loss in our everyday life. Like the woman who's been dreaming her entire life of being a mom. You know, she has this ideal she has this expectation of what it's going to look like to be a mom. And then somewhere between the dirty diapers and the disrespectful teenager, she realizes it's not all that she thought it was going to be. And there's a grieving process there. It's the loss of an ideal. Or how about the marriage that, that's falling apart, and they have this ideal of this beautiful family, and they just can't get there. And so they're grieving the loss of a relationship. They're grieving the loss of something that has happened in their life. And it can make us feel like we're spinning out of control. You see, new birth is something that rarely, if ever, happens apart from suffering. Happens apart from suffering. You know, we read in First Peter that new birth, and now we have living hope because of the resurrection of Jesus, but I wanna continue on in verse six and seven. It says this, it says, In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. You see, suffering has this way of stripping us down and and opening us up and putting us in a place of vulnerability, and that place of vulnerability is where new birth can actually begin in our life. One of my favorite authors is Rob Bell. Uh, If you've never checked out Rob Bell, I encourage you to do so. And he recently wrote a book, and the book was called Drop Like Stars, and it's a beautiful book. Um, And I mean that literally. There's more pictures in it than words, which is probably why I like the guy. Uh, But the book is all about the contrast between suffering and creativity. And this quote was too long for the screen. but I want to read it to you. Because I think he really hits the nail on the head. It says this, When you talk with people who have just received news that they have a life-threatening illness, what do they say? Do they say, now I have to go get those hedges trimmed? Or, I've been putting off that plastic surgery for far too long? Or do they say it's finally time to join that online poker club? No, of course not. They talk about family and friends. They gather those they love as close as possible. They reflect on any amends that need to be made with anybody. They talk about what matters most. You see, suffering does that. Suffering compels us to eliminate the unnecessary, the trivial, and the superficial things in our life. You see, there's greatness in you. Courage, desire, integrity, virtue, compassion, love. It's in you. And maybe what it's going to take to unlock that is suffering in your life. Refinement in your life. And what's interesting about the debris that hits the space shuttle in this movie is that we never really find out why it's there. You know, it tells us that a, a Russian... Uh, the Russians shot down a satellite, but they never tell us why, and it leaves us with a lot of unanswered questions, a lot of unanswered questions, you know, what was happening back on earth, and why did the debris hit the ship? And I feel like we can relate to the, the debris in our own life that comes at us and hits us out of nowhere. So often, I feel like we get trapped and stuck on that question, why, why? Why? We feel like we have to have an answer and understand and so we ask that question over and over and we can't get past it to ask the question, what now? See, we have to learn when we're dealing with this grief process to stop asking why and start asking, what now? What now? See, the good news is while there isn't always a clear answer for the debris in our life, the resurrection of God, the resurrection God says that he can use that debris to refine us to move us into new birth so the question is how do we head in that direction how do we go from the the why God to what now well this movie actually speaks to that too we're going to watch a scene where Ryan and Matt have made it back to the International Space Station and find that it's badly damaged but it's still operational the parachute of one of the remaining modules, though, is, is uh, badly damaged, and it's been deployed already, which means that they can't use it to get back to Earth, but they may be able to use it to travel to the nearby Chinese space station. And so they're, they're going to try to use those modules to get home, and so in this scene, it's them trying to grab onto the ISS. And I, wanted, I want you to check out this interaction. Watch, it, watch this clip. hey doc just no 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 Ryan, listen. You have to let me go. No. The ropes are too loose. I'm pulling you with me. You have to let me go or we both die. No, we're fine. No. Ryan, let go. No. We're not going anywhere. It's not up to you. to make it. Right? You have to let me go. You have to let me go. See, one of the reasons why I think so many of us struggle to experience new birth is because we aren't willing to detach. To detach. To let go of the old one. In a sense, that's what this woman's journey is all about. It's about letting go of that past and embracing new life. You know, ever since her daughter died, her life has stopped. Her life has been halted, and she's convinced that things will never be good until they go back to the way that they used to be, but they can't go back to how they used to be. It's not possible. And watching that clip, it kind of reminds me of the story of Mary Magdalene when she first sees Jesus after the resurrection. At first, she thinks that he's the gardener, but when she realizes it's Jesus, she wants to run up and hug him, and he says, no, Mary, don't hold on to me. See, Jesus realized that he wasn't there to bring back the old like Mary wanted, but he was there to do a new thing. Something new had to occur. Something new had to happen. You see, new birth is not about bringing back something that's old. It's the introduction of something new. If something in our life comes to an end, if some sort of loss takes place in our life, whether it's tragic, small, in between, If we continue to wait for it to go back to the way it is, we'll never actually experience new birth in our life. But that's what the grieving process is for. It's not just about being sad. It's not just about trying to bring things back, but it's about learning how to accept what a new normal looks like for you in your life. The most obvious way that we have to do this is when someone dies. There's a time to be sad and to mourn, but there's also a time to realize that there's still life worth living. And just because it can't go back to the way it used to be doesn't mean it can't be good. Doesn't mean it can't be good. You know, we talked about that mom who had an ideal and had to experience the grief and loss of that ideal. Well, this idea of new birth isn't about uh, fighting with this loss of ideal, but rather about celebrating what it is and what it means to actually be a parent. That's what this idea of new birth looks like. But as long as we're holding on to what's behind us, we're never free to fully embrace what's in front of us. When it comes to new birth, we're going to encounter some debris. We're going to have to learn how to detach from that past if we ever want to move forward, if we ever want to move past the things in our life that have happened, the traumatic experiences. The author of 1 Peter tells us that the resurrection of Jesus has given us new birth into a living hope. Into a living hope. But a living hope isn't just about life after death, but it's a living hope. It is a hope that is alive in us right now, today, for something new, something great, something different, something better. Something better. Something better. better. So my question now is this. We've talked about the debris and we've talked about how to detach. My question is can we get to a place where we decide where we decide to claim this new life? I feel like for a lot of us we have this thing called a defining story. We have a defining story. You know, I want you to think what is my defining story? For some of you maybe your defining story has always been I was abused or I was neglected or I got the short end of the stick in the genetic pool when it came to being intelligent, or maybe your identity is I was a victim and you've just been living there. We have to learn how to create a new defining story. And that new defining story is in Christ because through Christ, we're a new creation. We aren't the sum of our failures or who we were or who comes before us, but we are a new creation through Christ. I wanna watch this last scene. It's from the end of the movie. And Sandra Bullock is talking to Matt. Now we saw in the last clip that Matt let go and died in space. And so she's talking to him about her daughter and about this process of her moving on. Check it out. Hey Matt, since I had to listen to endless hours of your storytelling this week, I need you to do me a favor see a little girl with brown hair very messy lots of knots she doesn't like to brush it that's okay her name is sarah can you please tell her that mama found her red shoe she was so worried about that shoe Matt. but it was just right under the bed A big hug, a big kiss for me. I tell her that Mama misses her. You tell her that she is my angel. She makes me so proud. So, so proud. And you tell her that I'm not quitting. You tell her that I love her, Matt you tell her that I love her so much. Can you do that for me? Roger that. Here we go. Sometimes we tend to cling to our old stories because we're terrified of life without them. As awful as they might be, at least it's familiar. I hope that we can be in a place tonight where We can trust that Jesus is not only inviting us to to create a new defining story, but to trust that it was God's story for us from the very beginning. That God's plan for us was something bigger and greater than that tragedy or that loss that we've experienced in our life. 1 Peter ends by saying that because of our new birth and living hope, we are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy because we're receiving the end result of our faith, the salvation and rescue of our souls. An inexpressible joy is what new life has to offer for us, this idea of new birth. So we're going to enter into a time right now that's a little bit different. Uh, it might seem familiar to you because you might kind of think it parallels what we did with the lanterns when we did Frozen Week. During Frozen Week, we let go of things in our life that were holding us back. We gave things over to God. Well, tonight I wanna take that one step further. You know, next Sunday is Easter Sunday and we're celebrating what Christ did on the cross. But tonight we're realizing that the resurrection is bigger than that and that Jesus gives us new life every single day. And that's what can fill us with inexpressible joy. You guys were all given a card when you walked in the door. And if you weren't, there's paper in front of you. Just pull it out. But what I want you to do is I want you to write something on there that you need to detach from. Maybe it's just you write the year you were born and you write today's date. Because you realize that you need something fresh, something new. You've been trying to bring back the old, but you realize you're never gonna get to a place that's good if you just continue to try to do things the old way when God is trying to do a redeeming work in your life. Maybe you need to write down my past failures, my old defining story. Maybe you just need to sign your name. But whatever it is, I want you to write it on that card. And during this next song, Chris is gonna be singing the words, come to life come to life come to life whenever you feel led I want you to walk down and drop that card into this box this box is a box for ashes after somebody's been cremated just drop your card into this box and walk over here to the cross see on this box it says the old is gone on the cross it says the new is here that's from 2nd Corinthians the old is dead but the new has come So I want you to drop that into that box, that old life, that past, detach from it and decide that today you're gonna claim new life and come and take one of these flowers as a symbol of that.